And we're back with another episode of Let's Hash It Out. It's high noon here on Wednesday. Maybe. You need to get that weekend. January 2nd, 2019. <laughs> this is the 4th and 20 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Anthony here with Jerry and Jay. And uh, as you may have heard through the opening uh, music, uh, Jerry had some weak ass lighter down yeah, here. It's on its last leg, guys. In our oh my, but it's still working. <laughs> you who steal every lighter you come across has the most broke down ass lighter I've ever seen in my life. I don't have any lighters anymore. Yeah, who'd you steal that one from? Uh, actually, I can't remember if I bought that or not. <laughs> well, it's been disfigured. Buy yourself a bit, man. <laughs> Come on. These, these plastic things. I think not... he did buy it because every time I've seen him buy a lighter, he buys one of those. <laughs> Get a Bic, man. The, the, the undisclosed <laughs> underground bunker doesn't deserve Jeez, that lighter, lighter right there. Bring some Bic down here. It's part of the ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wow. like, it was like... <clears throat> <laughs> if it was a cough, that was the kind of cough it was. We're in the cannabis connoisseur hotbed of Portland, Oregon. <laughs> the lighter <laughs> game in the heart of the resistance, we need better lighters. Lighters, I got you. So, you may know, uh, if you listen to the podcast or any podcast here on the Let's Hash It Out Network, uh, my co-host took on some cannabis before we get into our topics, which will be the kind of fancy football year in review and kind of we're looking towards next year and we'll talk about some real football <laughs> playoffs that are upcoming. So uh, which one of uh, you guys are going to tell us what we're uh, what you guys are token on? Uh, this is a little Freedom Garden uh, stuff I got uh, from a friend for Christmas in my stocking. Oh, nice. <laughs> little, little space donkey. It's a nice stocking <laughs> stuffer. That it is. <laughs> that it is. Uh, so and, and again, only in Oregon. Well, maybe not only in Oregon. So space donkey will fit in a stocking. <laughs> unlike the regular donkey, it's very small. Oh, okay. It's like <coughs> kitten-sized. Interesting. <laughs> uh, kind of disturbing. So uh, thus far, how's it treating you guys? As the cloud of smoke billows in the underground undisclosed bunker? What was that? How is it treating you? The smoke, the token. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Since you already <laughs> forgot what I asked you, uh, I guess it's pretty good. <laughs> he stopped listening halfway through. That's how good it is. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, fantasy football season is over, really, for everybody concerned. For the regular season, there are some folks that do some kind of fantasy playoff kind of. Uh, deals, you but you gotta be uh, hard up for it to play the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, and you, and there's uh, must admit there's a lot of strategy <laughs> involved as far as uh, weighing which teams are like in the wild card versus the divisional round, and who you wait, think is going to last like multiple games and things like that. People are still playing. Some people, yeah, you redraft. Yeah. Oh my god, I might right. si- I might sign up for one just to like get some practice on how to do it. Um, I was actually thinking about that the other way. I was oh, I wonder if there's a way to play the playoffs. Yeah, each uh, each round's worth more points. Like the wild card wild card rounds worth so many points. But if you kind of you have it, so if you have a you know you want a team, you want to so every round you have to you have to redraft. No, no, you pick at the beginning. What? If if your guys get knocked out, you're just you're just you're you're just you're just no, you're just done. That's how, that's how most leagues do it. Oh, there's what? no waiver wire. Most, mostly, there's no there's like there's that's no waiver wire. Yeah, yeah, most of them there's no waiver wire. You just pick your <coughs> team and you gotta ride that team out. So that's it's kind of it's kind of like best ball for the playoffs. That's nuts. And then so you kind of want to angle. Yeah, who who thinks gonna be in the Super Bowl? Ultimately, is gonna be worth the most points. So basically, you want somebody from every fucking team just to make sure that you're getting points. <laughs> not a bad idea. I honestly do not know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, if, if there's no waiver wire, and then you're getting no, that's no, why I mean, I'm, I'm like, gonna have to look. I would that. try to figure out who I think is gonna go. Who I think is gonna go to the Super Bowl and load up on those teams and because I'm the kind that. of degenerate that will participate. I think it's kind of <laughs> yeah. Because I kind of think, <laughs> think it's kind of all or nothing. You know, either you're going to have a badass team because your guys made it to the Super Bowl, or you're just not going to win. And like trying to hedge your bets, like I'll take one playoff Baltimore, one off Houston, one off Indy, one on San, one on the Chiefs, one on the Saints, one on the Bears, and try to even it out. I don't think that's the way to go because there's going to be, particularly on these leagues, you're normally playing with like kind of. Usually they kind of open up to more players. But, yeah, it's like when somebody loads up all in the Saints versus, say, Patriots and they end up in the Super Bowl or Chiefs, you're just not yeah, – your, your points just aren't going to keep you're up. Gonna, <coughs> wouldn't you be forced to do that anyway since how many people are playing? Yeah, it's kind of all just like they're all, like, available. 
That's how most of the leagues that I've seen. They're just like everybody's available, and it's kind of just like a best ball kind of thing, where it's not really a draft for every team. Yeah, like everybody's like you. You compile your team. Everybody else compiles their team, oh. and like, you have everybody available. That's how. That's, oh, how that's mo- much easier. That's okay. how most of the leagues that I've like seen. Like a fantasy, uh, like a daily fantasy. Like daily. Yeah. yeah, it's like a daily fantasy. Okay. Yeah, for the playoffs. That's that's the most of the most. <laughs> but maybe we should talk about something we kind of do, we know, do about. know. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. At least a little bit. If you wanted to listen to people talk about things they know nothing about, the last four minutes were for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, first get into a little uh, review of how we did in our fantasy leagues and kind of things that we think uh, we learned, we would do differently, and maybe we can get into what we would think about for next year. Um, for me, uh, I played in six leagues, five on Yahoo, one ESPN. One ESPN I jumped into to join with the uh, Locked on Chiefs podcast crew. Uh, with a team led by Matt Derrick, or a league led, led by Matt Derrick, who's a writer uh, for Chiefs Wire, and uh, ended up finishing <coughs> second in the, in the ESPN league. But overall, I thank you very much. Uh, overall, won yes, two well championships, done. one runner up, one third, uh, just one losing record in a team that, uh, a league that I'd been to the championship game five years in a row. Standard league, the only standard league I played in, and I ended up six and eight with like one of my worst performances in that league ever, thanks to uh, drafting Doug Baldwin, Leonard Fournette, and Fitzgerald. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so uh, which I'll just offer an early, um, uh, an early lesson for next year. A one's obvious, kind of avoid bad offenses, and no matter like how good the offensive player is, for the most part, try to avoid bad offenses, namely receivers who like need a quarterback to give them the ball. Uh, avoid <laughs> injury-prone players. The Doug Baldwin got injured after I drafted him, so uh, not really my fault to know he's going to be injury-prone this year. And the next up, kind of more pertinent, uh, avoiding non-pass-catching running backs if you can help it in like your first couple rounds running backs who can be completely taken out of the game uh, when the team gets behind, like Leonard Fournette, uh, who on top of that was injury-prone and apparently <coughs> a, a malcontent. Uh, Jared, I have uh, your uh, your stats here, if you want me to just go through it. Sure. If you texted us all. Uh, you played in a whopping 21 leagues. Uh, you won 61% of your games. I was, did 64 this year, by the way. Nice. Uh, hot, uh, you had 11 teams make the playoffs, five had losing records, seven of your teams made it to the championship round, and you won two titles. Yeah. Um, footnotes from that are the five losing teams I had, I only had two flat-out bad seasons where I was 3-10. and ten. The others, I was 6-7 and seven in all the other three and was in contention late. Uh, with like two to three weeks left to go in pretty much, pretty much every one of those other examples. Um, and even my teams that didn't make it, um, obviously if they had winning records or, or better than a you know, 500 record, they were, they were in contention late. Um, what I learned was if you're kind of newish to fantasy football and you want to gain a lot of experience really quickly, doing 20 teams across multiple formats is a fantastic thing to do for a year. Um, you can manage it with most leagues with their waiver wire situation um, and just do it on Tuesday evening before you go to bed or whatever and just go through your leagues and you don't have to be on top of it like we do in our, our you know in your league in P-Town. <laughs> so taking care of the waiver wire was relatively easy. They talk about time. That's really the time is the waiver wire. Um, and uh, you can come back from 0-3, 0-4. I had an 0-5 team that finished 7-6 and and got knocked out with, uh, like, the second to last week. So, like, don't give up on your team. Don't If you're 0-7, okay, yeah, it's game over. But, like, <laughs> that hardly ever happens to anybody that you go 0-7. Even the teams that I looked at, like, my 3-10 and teams. I was, you know, 2-3 and at one point or 2-4. and Like, you're still in it. So don't give up. Stay on top of the waiver wire, and um, you know there's a there's a there's a lot to be said for doing twenty. Having said that, I'll trade. never do it again. Yeah, be aggressive with trying to trade, especially um, if you're if you're have a losing record. Yeah, what do you got to lose? Then? Yeah, you have to swing. You have to swing for the fences at this point. You never know. You might find somebody's got a lack, and you have a strength. Like 
the the reason I was able to stay relevant in a few leagues was because I went running back heavy heavy in like every single draft, and I had some chips. You know, early season, um, I traded a few of them too early. Certainly, in a couple of cases, a little too cheap, but. Fuck, man, one-third of my team has made it. I won two titles, you know, so, like, I'm not upset. For the, for the record, only three of those are for any sort of prize at all. You know, most of them are just the, the free leagues. And I would say, um, if you're looking for a league or, like, your home league dissolves or something and you think, oh, I'm just going to have to hang it up, but you don't really want to, the, the Yahoo and the ESPN leagues are very comparable. Their free open leagues are very comparable to a home league in that, you know, Usually a couple of your league mates check out halfway through the season. It's true. You know, that happens in these free leagues too. Um, but I found their waiver wires were largely just as competitive as any of my home leagues. So um, in, in a lot of cases in Yahoo with the grading system, four of my five free leagues were actually gold-level leagues, whereas all of my home leagues are silver, I believe. So you're playing with people that want to play just as bad as you do, really. So... It's worth checking out if you have no if you really have no other options. Yeah, I've played the Yahoo Money Leagues too, and they're and they're not bad at all. I just wish they'd push them to twelve rather than just ten. Yeah, the Yahoo ten format is is, is uh, lacking. But I mean, just to have just to have more of a choice in the matter. Um, One of the cool things about the ten though is you get the fourteenth week of regular season, so it adds a little bit of drama. Um, uh, but it can also just prolong the inevitable in some cases. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's got it's got its own pros, but yeah, I agree with you. Twelve and just thirteen, like everything else. Yeah, I've played preferred. a couple. I was going to play some this year, but I decided not to. I just wanted to focus on the two I was playing. The, so yeah, and then moving forward, I, I like I said, I'm not going to do it again. But the Yahoo, or rather the ESPN's uh, interface, um, are set up rather where. In the free leagues, they have, like, a person can open a free league, and then they set the parameters for the league. So, like, I played in 10-team auctions. I played in a 20-person pick em. I played in a, you know, 12 PPR, 12 standard, you know. So, like, I even had a 16-team league. Like, <clears throat> it was cool to try and touch them all. That was one of the things about doing so many teams. Like, I'm going to try a bunch of different things just to see what can I do better in my league, perhaps, you know, that I'm the commissioner of, and then ideas to bring to other leagues for our home leagues. So um, I really like pretty much the P-Town format. I might make a couple of small changes that I can't even think of right now. But we're all of our leagues are pretty close to what I like. Maybe that's just because I didn't. that's what I played first. I don't know. Uh, yeah, one thing about all my six leagues, uh, they each of them have different rules. So that's the one thing I like. I like, and it's kind of... Uh, as the challenge shows you can like adapt, be good at PPR, be good at standard, be good at half point PPR. I'm not nearly as good uh, at standard. Yeah. I found out uh, <laughs> until, <laughs> until this year. I thought I, I thought I was decent at standard. Then That's I, when catches are bad yeah. for running backs. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah unless it's a touchdown. <laughs> I did. Uh, I think like start the year around like right at like 900, the diamond level on P town and uh, Yahoo. Uh, boost that up to 945, mile time yeah. high uh, this year. So. Uh, uh, 61% lifetime winning percentage, 407 wins versus 257 losses. I'm uh, looking forward to a win number 420 next year. Highlight of 2019. Uh, Jerry, how about your leagues, brother? I only played in two leagues, and I, what I want to do is make it to the playoffs, and I did. I made it to the final game, actually, in both leagues. Uh, one league was an auction eight-team league, and... The other was a 12-person half-point PPR keeper league. Mm-hmm. Um, the auction, which, I, like I said, was 18, I think is actually harder than the 12-team because you have to be on top of everything. Everybody's loaded, so you need to nail the beginning of your draft, first of all, and then you also need to stay on top of the waiver wire and try and pick up the players that you are lacking or the best or the cream of the crop of the players that are out there, so that way you're leaving no points for anybody else. Yeah, just uh, just for record, like our 18 auction has more roster spots that start and more bench spots. So yeah, there's eight teams, but you can hold on to considerably and an IR spot, so you can hold on to considerably more players than the average uh, Yahoo roster. Um, and then all eight of our players are incredibly engaged. <laughs> like me as the commissioner, almost getting last place was the least engaged, and I was very happy to not go from. First yep. to worst. Yep. <laughs> so. Yep, and I was not afraid to blow my money in the first 
few rounds of the <laughs> or the first hour of the auction. You know, it backfired somewhat, but ultimately, looking at your team after the auction, after the after the actual draft, it was like, yeah, I mean, because you end up getting those dollar players late, you know, yep. that, and all you have to do the roster. And the only thing I really do is I look for trends. If it, somebody is within two or three games trending up, I'm going to pick up that player. Like uh, on our eight team, Doug Baldwin was available in the final week. Picked him up, put him in because the last few games he was trending well, and so I ended up working out. You know, Derrick Henry before I picked him up had a couple games where it looks like he was kind of turning the turning needle up. So I ended up picking him up and playing him, Jesus. and that that's one of the games he the second game he scored <clears throat> over forty points. Jesus. So yeah, so yeah, to be really on top of this stuff as far as like a league with less players, and then in the other one is a keeper and. I somehow made it into the playoffs. Luckily, because I had running back injuries and <laughs> all over the place. Otherwise, I would have dominated because, I mean, my team was phenomenal. <laughs> so, but thank you, Anthony Johnson, for at least playing my team that final week. <laughs> Anthony's <laughs> still hurt. You can't well, see it at home, well, but it's actual pain on well, his face. Well, what Jerry's leaving out is uh, we've been to the playoffs in both the leagues he's talking about. And one of them that he said was so easy, so so much no, so much harder. The, the A-team one is so much harder. Uh, Jerry went 7-7, seven and seven, played my 12-2 and two team in the playoffs. <laughs> team, uh, what was my team? A te- yeah. My, uh, your team was seven and seven. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, oh, that team. Yeah, your team oh, was seven and seven. Team. Oh, yeah. Squeaks into the playoffs. I'm twelve and two. I beat him by like more than a hundred points the week before the playoffs. Yes, he did. Which immediately I was like, that's a bad omen yes, <laughs> for the playoffs because I knew I was playing next. You come back and beat me in the playoffs. Uh, and then if you you know if we'd been outside the bracket or we played a championship round, I would have won, right. t- so, won the championship round. So this round. is what I'll tell yeah. you. This is the that week when you beat me, I had already planned for the next two weeks, judging on who had been left yeah. on the waiver wire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, you know, People- I, I do that too. I plan for the weeks ahead. So yeah. <laughs> I saw who was available, and I was and I looked at their schedule, mm-hmm. and then they're <sighs> trending, and then I was like, oh man. I can. I'm gonna be full up by the time the last game comes around. I can. I can still take this, and that's what I did. And I went. I went with it. Um, so as far as that loss, I mean, I didn't really let that bother me because I'm the type of person that likes to plan two to three weeks in advance. No, and it's all about making the playoffs, and that's a good point. Making the playoffs is when yeah. once you get in the playoffs, a team that wins seven and seven can beat a team that wins yeah. twelve and two yeah. very easily yeah. just on one week. It really is. A uh, that was a week where a lot of stars had bad, had terrible weeks in that week. My, yeah, um, my, I had several <laughs> playoff teams just in the two that I give a shit about too just fall apart. Yes, and while fall at the same time in the, the, in the playoffs, the same game he's talking about, I played him, and the only reason I beat him is because his players worse. actually did worse than my players. <laughs> it was the lowest scoring game, must have been at least one of the lowest scoring games of the season in the playoffs. Horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I'll be the first maybe, to admit that. <laughs> maybe my team scored less points in that one week during the year, but otherwise it was like the lowest scoring week my team had had all year. Uh, and also what Jerry forgets to mention is that the other league uh, is the one that I won to <laughs> beat him to be a two-time defending champion back-to-back <laughs> nice. to be the first three-time champion in that league. But so, who, was the first, who was the first two-time champion? I don't even remember. It's so long oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what Anthony forgets to mention is that I was the first. First two-time champion in that league. <laughs> well, you know, my memory's not as good as it used to be. Things that happened so many years ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, lesson. So, yeah, any uh, lessons for uh, uh, for early next year? What do you guys uh, What are you guys looking at? More of the same, and you learn anything you're going to adapt to. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You want? Um, I'm not going to. You, you want to reveal? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm going to be the first one. Maybe not the first one, but I'm going to be one of the first ones to come out and say, "Stop mock drafting." Oh, if, wow. you, if you're new to a format or something, and you want to know how the actual interface works, that's one thing. But in terms of knowing about football, knowing about schemes, knowing about your players, knowing about their opponents, feeling like you like a guy in a situation that they're in, 
who gives a fuck what round it is, draft him. Like, I wanted James White as early as, like, the third or fourth round. But continually in mock drafts, sixth and seventh round, fifth right there towards the end. So I don't get James White. Because in the third round, I reach for Royce Freeman. A little bit of a projection. I'm kind of hoping things look kind of good for Royce Freeman. You know, a lot of people picked him higher. Where James White, proven in a system that works. Nothing's new. They're going to do the same shit they always do. So my early season roster suffered greatly because I didn't have James White. Now, granted, he you know fell off a little bit as Sonny Michael came on. But that early season, I knew it. I knew it. And if you know it, draft the guy. Draft him. Mm-hmm. And doing mocks, you get <clears> set in positions. You get set in doing, like, oh, these guys are available generally around this time, so I pick this person in this situation and this and that and the other. Don't do that. Um, so I'll just differ a little bit. I would just differ on that. I think you should do mocks to get yourself just in the position, at least a few times, the position of having to make a decision with, like, 90 seconds, right? The, the clock's ticking down. Mm-hmm. and But also, as you mock... Think about the league that you're in. Like we all know, like you're in. Like yes. I'm in play. I play in one league that like three quarterbacks will be drafted in the first round, right? So when I'm like kind of mocking, thinking about that league, yep. I, I just kind of make I just kind of keep in mind that. And so yeah, don't when you do the mocks, there is a danger, like Jared said, to um, thinking this is how always it's always going to turn out and getting kind of stuck in that. Um, but yeah, you want to draft, but just get just to kind of get used to making the decision: this player available or that player? Who I want to go with, and just putting yourself kind of visualizing, um, not you know, basically not choking your draft and messing up. Right. That said, Jared provides good advice, and that if you like somebody, get them. You know, yeah, and that, go get them. And that and that in right? itself is just like every what Jared was saying. Yeah, I mean, every fantasy, virtually every fantasy football analyst out there was telling you to draft to like not draft Tyreek Hill early. Right. You know, it's like no, don't draft Tyreek early. He doesn't he doesn't get the touchdown. Doesn't get the touchdown rate. He does not gonna see enough targets. And it's like. I see someone on the field that is a like generational talent. You know what I mean? Those so, people are go those get people them. are math nerds. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and just those people are just straight up math nerds that that got into fantasy football because of the game of it and didn't come from actual fucking football. Because you look at Tyreek Hill, why would you ever think that you shouldn't pick him as soon as you can and you have a spot where you can put him? His size. Yeah, but that's, again, the generational the talent. Like when you see Deion Sanders like speed. Yeah, but Deion Sanders was not a small man. It's true. It's true, but his speed was like still yeah. like the biggest factor. Yeah, he had. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I yeah. think I think his size helped quite a bit too. Actually, uh, eventually, you know, <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking about different part part positions. Yeah, we're, and we're talking about somebody who, yeah, he's he's slight, but he's still young, and he's managed to be on the field and on the eye test. He's somebody that's he's somebody that produces. Um, so yeah, if you want somebody, don't let don't let any fantasy football analyst talk you out of it. Yeah. And just plan for it. If he does yeah. say, if he does what everybody's saying, he does get injured. Make sure you just have a damn good backup. That's it. Don't yeah. <laughs> don't don't worry don't worry about the people in your home game or laugh you or make fun of you because they're gonna make mistakes too. Too most people aren't gonna remember. And you know, there's plenty of people who won leagues that their league mates laughed at their draft. And then they went on to win the championship, right? We, we were in one of those. <laughs> Quite honestly, that's my favorite. <laughs> when people laugh at me at my draft, I'm like, oh, you guys just don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, league I finished second PPR league. I drafted, I was at the end of the first round. And granted, I was with Chiefs fans, so I knew I had to get, snag them early. I think I was drafting 11th. First round, Tyreek Hill. You know, uh, second round, Christian McCaffrey. Took shit. Smack talk for both of those, really, you know, and but both of them played out. Right? I, I I had decided, I had thought about it, like you know, I had the first pick in, in that that draft, but had I had something like eight or seven, I was willing to go in McCaffrey in that spot because I could see it. You saw it last year, and if they really do what they say they were going to do, which they ended up trying to do as best they could yeah. and did a pretty good I job of it, I didn't see it last Ooh. year. I saw it this year. I definitely well, I mean, saw it this year. Yeah, you definitely saw it this year. Yeah, you, I mean, but you got glimpses last year. And, like, in interest of preserving your fucking phenomenally uh, physically gifted quarterback, you want to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible 
and that's that's Christian McCaffrey. That's that's who's going to get that ball. So like first round pick, and 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 to that end, I think in a straight up PPR, he's number two next year behind Gurley, assuming things stay relatively the same in both both places. Yeah, you know if you if you're talking about half point and and like oh no what was it, full point PPR and a quarter point per touch. Gurley's number one, but McCaffrey's number two. Maybe. Yeah, and Gurley, and Gurley mainly is number one because of his touchdowns. Yeah. Those touch, you know, that's so. Um, is Melvin, that is is that is that you know, and the touchdown rate could fall off. You know, if Gurley scores ten touchdowns instead of twenty, and I think that elevates like McCaffrey, right? Absolutely. And I think that potentially, with the Rams seeing what C.J. Anderson's done, you know, in in Gurley's spot. That maybe they don't give Gurley the ball so many times, you know, like get another running back that can compliment him and give Gurley a break. So down the stretch, he's not breaking down, which is just like more likely to happen every year on from now on. Give this guy's gotten so many touches, and then the handoffs around the goal line are just the ones that are the most brutal because it's the close quarters and it's the bigger guys. Yeah, but he, guys he also catches idiot. passes there too. No, he does, and, and sure, and, and I'm sure he should definitely get his touches. But yeah, I they think, could put him. But they could put CJ CJ Anderson in there as a running back and him out as a receiver. Oh, yeah, you can still utilize him, but I think like I think they could see that they could still have the same kind of success they had in offense this year by giving Gurley fifty to seventy five less touches. Yeah, it's true. Keeping him, keep him fresher down the down the, the stretch. The RPO just makes the decisions so much easier to where you make a positive play. Mm-hmm. That that's like that's the like the fundamental like the, you know theory behind that is like let's just make decisions really easy for the quarterback. And the pause, the play is positive, and so you can put a lot of people in those those uh, in that RPO, and still manage to move the ball with whoever's there, like, like as we saw, you know, with CJ Anderson. So, and uh, so note about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, something to note on ESPN championship teams: Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, and Nick Chubb are like the most common. I had neither of those. But one of them that you do have, one that well, one that made it to the championship game at least, or oh, maybe in the other league too. Uh, Chicago Bears defense yeah. also uh, on a lot of teams. Uh, Philip Lindsay on a lot of teams as well. So uh, yeah, shame that kid got hurt. Yeah. Um, so just thinking about uh, who can be like rated number one overall next year. Um, Matthew Barry, ESPN released his releases way too early, 2019 top 50. Uh, ESPN does standard PPR, so this is PPR. Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, one, two, three, four. Where's Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon is number seven. Seven? Mm-hmm. Who's five and six? He's got Devontae Adams, number five. James Conner, number six. Devontae Adams? Devontae Adams, number five. Really? Um, wow. So one receiver in six running back and five running backs? So, okay. Right. Yeah. So let's just go. Uh, and it's Devontae Adams? Let's just go top 12 here. Not. Gurley, Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, DeAndre Hopkins, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Patrick Mahomes, number 11, Adam Thielen, 12. <laughs> That's that's because you're gonna have to pick Mahomes that yeah. early yeah. if you if you want he's, if you he's, want him. he's a first round pick. He did score the most fantasy points of any quarterback in history. Yeah, it year. seems hard to like <laughs> so, I don't know in his first year as a starter. Yeah. It seems <laughs> Again, let somebody pick a quarterback in first round. I'll take the running back that they could have gotten. Yeah, I mean that's what it comes down to in that position. <laughs> that's, that's but that's where like just having played for a while suits you in the in the draft versus having to like mock. Yeah. Like we all know that there's no point in picking a quarterback. I am, although speaking of things we learned, uh, you definitely want to draft two that you play on streaming all year. Yep. All things being equal. Um, you definitely want to do I'm that. going to <laughs> differ a bit in that I think nine times out of ten, going running back heavy is the way to go. No doubt about it. Uh, you can oh, still no, go saying, running back no, no, heavy and, you don't, and do two quarterbacks. No, 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 no. I'm going. I'm relating to not drafting like a quarterback early. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. yeah. Which normally yeah. nine times out of ten, I completely agree with that. Um, however, sometimes going the opposite of your draft <coughs> is the way to go. So let's say you're sitting at the 12 spot. 
Gurley, Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, Connor, Gordon, Kamara, Mixon, all gone. And you're sitting there going Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, 12-1 is not no, – That's where you have it's to nail not a that's bad where way, you It's have not to a nail, bad thing to do. That's where you have to nail the next running back. You have to nail the next running back. You can't let – you can't – especially now that yeah, all the good to, ones are gone. You have to pick a running back. You have to pick a running back, and it has to be a good I, one. I'll just beg to differ. I think – Where are the running backs that are left? Uh, the, probably the next one that I would think about drafting right there would be Nick Chubb. I definitely pick up Nick Chubb, but I also think, but I would say even I would say even going Nick Chubb, Patrick Mahomes isn't a bad idea. No, that's fine, right? But you got one of those two picks has to. Normally, be right I think now. I will. But however, I think there are certain offenses, certain teams that you can ride that combo. It's a risk. Don't get me wrong; it's a risk. But this year, if you had Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill on your team, you can overcome, especially if you you're somebody who picked up Nick. You pick up a rookie like Nick Chubb's late. Or you 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 snag Philip Lindsay. You, there are running backs to be found. Now, like I said I agree with you guys nine times out of ten, but the the uh, margin of error is really small if you bypass running back there. This is a strategy I'm not likely to go with. But if you get if you pick the right combo and you think Patrick Mahomes is going to pass for 55 touchdowns next year, yeah. But that person bad. getting Patrick Mahomes is now left with the running backs you ha- you have left them. Because hopefully, no matter who the next three are and what mm-hmm. round they're they're projected at, you have to pick one of them. Well, think about you it. You may even it have to back, go four down. Think about it. You, let's say you want you go Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill. You could possibly go Marlon Mack, Tariq Cohen, in the next two rounds at your running back position in a PPR. It might see, not that be so bad. It's a gamble. Uh, it's definitely that, a gamble. That is a big. It gamble. is definitely a gamble. It's a big gamble. Versus you could go, you know, versus yeah, you go Nick Chubb. Tyreek Hill or Nick Chubb. Probably mm, what, what kind of receiver? What, Antonio Brown. Well, you already know. See, the great thing about Nick Chubb is that you know he's going to get the work. Period. Unless he gets injured, he's going to get the work. So that's a guy I can just leave as my number one back. You know, quotation marks. So that way, I don't need to worry about him unless until his bye week. And, and now I can, if I really have to, I can shuffle between two or three other backs. But I need one. Yeah. Solid back and see that's the that's that's what i that's another thing i learned is like if you nail one of those first round running backs you just know like you have a mccaffrey or saquon or something so I'm this is drafting the end of the first round you're not getting those guys okay well let's say yeah, you get you nick, get chubb. nick chubb. You, let's say you get nick chubb that frees you up so much later in the draft to maybe do a little you know projection on what you think is going to happen in new offenses because I like so many people were hot on different Bears players and I picked Trey Burton like admittedly early but I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to get another chance I picked him at the uh, at the fifth round I knew I wasn't going to get another chance and um, that was that was an awful pick like picking on projections is an awful pick had it been in the seventh round or the sixth round or the, end of the sixth yeah. round it still would have been a bad and pick. if I really want to counter what the person that picks up Matt Mahomes did, and I picked up Nick Chubb. When it comes back around to me, I pick up Andrew Luck, or somebody equivalent, Cam Newton, somebody that can at least come within shooting distance of his point total. It ain't Cam Newton. <laughs> we'll see how his sh- we'll see how his shoulder is, but you know, Cam Newton's always been has mostly been the top six or seven for most of his career. So uh, I just I just think I've I've had leagues where. Like I just you know I just had a feeling, but it was like the year like the really first year that that like that, that uh, Aaron Rodgers blew up, and like I drafted his like top receiver and tight end, <laughs> and uh, I didn't win the league, but I went like twelve and one and lost in the, lost in the playoffs just because they were so just because they were so hot. Um, now like I said it's a risk and you gotta get lucky you know you gotta get lucky with it. Um, but also, you gotta get lucky that your running back's not get injured. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was super lucky that's why if you're gonna go running back heavy, you need to really mm-hmm. go running. You gotta commit. You gotta so, commit. So yeah, I think you, I think you should go running back heavy. Period. And this, even if you do the strategy like I said, because you just feel like these are the best players available, they give me the chance to have high scoring weeks. You know that 
in the middle rounds, yeah, you just got to load up with like four running backs in a row and see who people are who people have slept on. Yeah. You got some rookies that could emerge. You Work know, the waiver wire. But you, yeah. def- but you definitely got to go running back heavy elsewhere. But I think so. That's the number one rule. I mean, I've had this year, and I think every year is running back, running back, running back. And it's, it's not just, just like way to go. running back heavy. You really need quality, at least one quality back, and then four other ones. You know, because at least you can cycle through those guys, and you're still working the waiver wire throughout the year. Yeah, that and the great thing about getting a for sure number one RB is that you can then go get a for sure number one wide receiver. Right, and, because, and granted, this is a league where we play two running backs and then a flex. Yeah, the flex is yeah, and you three wide almost receivers, always so, play or two a wide running receivers. back in that flex spot. It's optimal for sure. Yeah. Like, almost always, like. I think one of the times I did something other than that this year when I had the opportunity, it was the right decision. But literally every other time, a the quali- running back would have been the right decision. A quality wide receiver would work. In the right spot, the right time, yeah. yeah. That's why, but but you just, when you know those those RBs are going to Exactly, get the they're just more consistent. You know, it's like, oh, they decide to throw it to this guy for the, get, or, for or the game. Or just somebody gets tackled at the two-yard line. Just somebody gets tackled at the two. There's a big play downfield that doesn't make it to the end zone. Like, that's your running back, probably. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, the have, but having a number one wide receiver, a good one, picking one early, uh, I learned this year is vitally important because relying on streaming, you know, in, in, in the case of, like, P-Town, three wide receivers and no flex, I had weeks where, like, all three of them busted instead of showing up. Yep. And, like, the great thing is any one of them show up with a great running back like Todd Gurley, which is who I had, yeah. and I'll probably win the game, but... Wide receivers <laughs> that are very least solid and streamable week to week are easier to find than running backs oh, that absolutely. you can stream yeah. from week Late to in the year, you can go get a So guy if you're going to suffer receiver. anywhere, suffer at the wide receiver position because throughout the year... People will drop people, rookies will come out, the waiver wire happens, and you'll be able to make do. Trust me. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, what do you guys think about the, the phenomenon of, like, poor tight ends this year? Do you think that's going to continue? Or do you feel like we're going to have a, what they call positive regression back to normal tight end numbers next year? Because I'm really puzzled by it. I, I tend to think it's analogous myself. Hmm. So you got... Or rather, an anomaly. So you got Kittle... Kelsey and Ertz all having like historic seasons. Yeah. And then who's the next best? Ebron probably Ebron is probably Rogers. like next, yeah. right? And then like for how bad he was, like Burton's like the next best guy just because he had like six touchdowns or whatever, yeah. you know? Connor Brady's got like six touchdowns <laughs> or seven like, or something. It's a, but it's a huge drop it's a huge drop off. I know I had like Burton all over the place and it's like my I managed See, to win I never, in spite of him, you know what I'm saying? I mean I try and get mm-hmm. lucky with tight ends, but hopefully mm-hmm. I just get a tight end that will average eight points a week. That's that's all I add in a in a half point PPR. That's like that's all I ask. Just give me that, and I'll be happy because that hopefully I've done well enough at my other positions that I don't need to worry about you scoring five or more extra points. Yeah, which I, you may do anyway. Yeah, I'm tending to think that there's going to be better tight ends next year. Uh, I yeah. think like someone like Njoku in Cleveland should do a little better. Everett, maybe like Gerald Everett, maybe. Um, Evan Ingram and New York can like stay healthy, maybe you know. It's kind of, I think maybe uh, an Indy they kind of go to featuring Ebron, so he kind of even has a more consistent season, is not fighting off somebody else uh, for like touches, you know. Um, so I think it. I just think it's got to be better. I don't think it's got to be. be. I don't think it's gonna be as top heavy as it was was this year. It's gotta be. Um, I uh, yeah, and I and I don't really like going for tight ends early. Because, well, none because, of those none right. of those players on those like championship teams were tight ends. True, and and when Ebron sure as hell didn't show and, up. And it's just that when they, and then one everybody has an off week, and I feel like when you go tight end early, and then your tight end has an off week, yeah, that just like ruined that that week. Just like your whole draft strategy has gone to shit because you're basing your whole draft strategy basically on I'm gonna dominate the tight end spot. So they're going to have a junk tight end. I got a lead tight end. When your lead tight end has an off game, then, like, your team just blows. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of – I tend to go more with Jared, where I tend to Jerry and and stream and look for a consi- – kind of look for a consistent tight end. Because mm-hmm. even though Burden overall was um, a disappointment from what I thought he was going to do and from where I drafted him, 
he at least like scored six points. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like he didn't get he didn't get zero. You know, at least saw, he saw targets. He got targets, and if he got touchdown, he's worth ten. So yeah. you know, then I'm, yeah. I'm really happy. But tight end can get ten points. That's like all I could ask for. Yeah, because you got you got guys <laughs> like Ben Watson and Vance McDonald that have these you know fifteen plus games, and then two games later they goose egg you. Yeah. Or like I was the saying before, is just, that's Eric like, Ebron, who ended up getting injured. You yeah, know, the goose so. egg is just like the worst. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Injuries, and and then at that point it's just like okay, well. <laughs> uh, I'll say my two championship teams. Uh, just going to get back to the, the the flex situation. I just want to mention that Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gore, my running backs, uh, picked up Elijah McGuire. You know to be my oh, to be my flex. Yep. Right? Out. Yeah. Uh, other league is Joe Mixon, Ezekiel Elliott, and Jamal Williams. Yeah, I tried to pick up Jamal Williams, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but uh, somebody got him. Somebody had a better waiver wire than you on that one. How <laughs> 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 that could be. <laughs> That's the one thing I would do is vote you would put in a waiver wire in P town, like reinstate the waiver wire. Um, so yeah, so people don't know, people don't know. I'd run a I commission a league where uh, there is no usual waiver wire that starts on the weekend. So <laughs> it's a free for all. So if you're not Hunt watching the game, fuck. if you're not watching the game, uh, it's uh, you're you're behind the eight ball to the people that are when your guy gets hurt and somebody snags. Snags them over you, and um, when you are watching the game, you're behind yeah, the people watching. But within the first four weeks, within the first four weeks, how many people <laughs> drop make mistakes? Within True. The first four weeks. Yeah, you. Yeah, uh-huh. that's another thing I would say is uh, I learned real quick is just like keep your team you drafted for a few weeks. Yeah. Just yeah. people. Yeah. Because somebody's gonna drop the wrong person. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I dropped Andrew Luck in two leagues. Yeah, two of my two of my teams didn't make the playoffs. I Coincidentally, dropped, <laughs> I dropped Tariq Cohen in two leagues and managed to get him back in both of them. <laughs> like it was a fucking miracle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about putting that up for a vote. Um, yeah, I'd be for it. Uh, about inching the waiver wire because uh, it, uh, yeah, it really like. It's detrimental people that gotta like work on the weekends or whatever you know. So that's really kind of. I'm glad you come around on that now that I don't work on Sundays because when I had when I realized what it was doing to me in his league, he was like, "Oh, don't work on Sunday." (laughs) 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 That's just kind of like sucks to be you. (laughs) Damn. All right. I'll try to work that out. Maybe maybe I've so uh, I quit my job. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I've gotten more compassionate. My, uh, Touch. This was age. several years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> I was a little more cutthroat back then. Um, uh, I seem to remember he had a raw steak in his mouth when he said that. <laughs> uh, so uh, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel, Christian McCaffrey, top four on that list. I would argue that you could make argument that any of those guys could be number one. I like McCaffrey because like he's got this floor that just... Gurley had a had a great floor, but it's easy to imagine nineteen touchdowns or twelve touchdowns or fourteen, whatever. Why is Melvin Gordon always the forgotten man? I feel like they they have a situation where he spreads the ball around so much that taking that high pick they think is a bad idea, but it's also kind of like a small market syndrome. I think they're they're in LA now, but they're they were a San well, Diego team forever. So Hunter Henry was out this year, but so I think that helped. But he's. I believe probably has over twenty touchdowns again this year, right? Or over ten, I'm sorry, over ten yeah, touchdowns again this year. Over ten probably. Right? Yeah. So that would not surprise me. The only games that he's been horrible have been really games where he was coming back from injury or got Or injured. actually got hurt, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is like um, totally forgivable. Right. Yeah. And yet it seems to me I don't know how maybe, he finished. Maybe that's maybe maybe that's part of the situation is like Melvin Gordon always misses a little bit of time. That's what I'm. That's what I. That's why I think he gets knocked down a little bit. Because he, like, yeah, he's phenomenal, but he always misses some time. He gets. Uh, he gets. Seems to get banged up every year. Yeah. Um, and whereas Ezekiel Elliott's just like gonna run you over every single week. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think in a, in a full point PPR, I probably would would downgrade Zeke a little bit. But if it's a half oh, yeah. point PPR, I think Zeke's got a good argument as anybody to be number one. He's been the rushing champion twice. He's the foundation of the offense. He only like ran for like seven touchdowns, which could like very easily be fifteen next year. True, you know. So, uh, and and he really took off scoring points when they got Amari Cooper. And then they'll have Amari Cooper to help take some pressure yeah. off of him, right? Um, Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's right now he seems to be kind of 
offensive line and bad quarterback proof, you know. But if they if they run with Eli Manning again next year, like I don't, know, Eli could be much. He could be much worse. He's just gonna be older, and he could be worse. So like, you think they will? There's, well, there's I mean, a, it's like a I mean, flip. I mean, right now, I think, <laughs> right now, I think, of if all they th- can't find anybody, if better. there's all things considered, I think they're they're gonna run with Eli, yeah, and and I think probably try to do a. Draft somebody and have Eli be a mentor for a year, and, and it's not a bad idea. idea and it's that. totally the Giants' style to yeah. do something like that. That's mm-hmm. totally how they would prefer um, to do things. Gurley, just him getting banged up towards the end of the year, just kind of leaves me. Just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth a little bit, just because I feel like he's had so many touches the last two years that um, I'm just getting a little wary of. Of, of just him getting banged up a little bit, but that's true for every guy. So, yeah, I kind of lean toward Christian McCaffrey, especially in a full-point PPR. That's like the number is the number one back next year. Yeah, and if there's any amount of, like, t- you know, per touch, like a quarter point for a carry, then McCaffrey is just going to give you this nice base layer to make your cake every week. It's just going to nice fat fucking chocolate cake, and then all your other players are going to be the icing and the toppings and the candles and everything else. And you're going to be celebrating victories, I feel like, if McCaffrey's on your team quite often next week. Yeah, so, uh, oh, for, oh, yeah, I think when we I think when we looked up the uh, point scores and uh, uh, the auction league we're in, that gives .25, Gurley was ahead of McCaffrey. But without the .25, since, especially since Gurley missed a game, uh, of the fantasy football season, uh, McCaffrey actually did uh, beat him in points. So most points scored, Patrick Mahomes, number one, mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. A surprise here for me, Matt Ryan, next. Alvin Kamara, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, who uh, beat Jerry in the championship game. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, Devontae Adams, Zeke Elliott, Andrew Luck, um, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas, Aaron Rodgers, Goff, Thielen, Breeze, Wilson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Then the next tight end. Then the first tight end off the board, Travis Kelsey. Um, Almost all those dudes are top four-round dudes. This past year, they were top four-round dudes. So... Somewhat of a caveat uh, to what I said about no mock drafting. Part of the reason I don't like it is because I actually finish a lot of mock drafts where, where I've come to realize that I'm just drafting against auto drafts. So that's really not a good sample for you. Mm-hmm. And then, but, but the first four rounds, especially late before your draft, it might be a good idea to see where people are going. The first four rounds when you have the most amount of active participants in a mock draft. Um, just so that you can know for sure, all right. If well, I, that's the core of your team. Basically. True, right. And if, if, like, you know that, like, okay, you got the eighth pick, right? You know that at number eight, these two guys are available, and you're just convinced about one but not so sure about the other or something, and then coming back around, you're not going to get, you know, a chance to get that second guy. You know, you know who to pick. So Right. Well, you should also plan, never plan on your mock draft going exactly the way you plan. Oh, yeah, no, so. of course not. No, that that's a fool's errand. But mm-hmm. um, still, you end up, like, my, my team, like, the for P-Town, looked a lot like my mocks because that's what I had done in mock drafts. Um, so I might have just slept on somebody that I could have picked up normally because I had just done it so many times in the 14th round. Oh, this guy's always here, and he's here now. Bing! You know, like, uh, maybe I should not do that. Uh, yeah, and I would like to... Um, probably a lot's going to depend upon who Green Bay hires as their new coach. That's what's so intriguing right? about me being, like, about Adams being number five. Mm-hmm. You don't even know who the fuck a coach you know, is. Coach that's, well, that's one way he's, he says way too early. Uh, yeah, to me, but I don't Rogers see locks on to Adams. Sure. I mean, yeah. So I'm. Not, I don't hate it's like it. Like him and Jordy Nelson. I don't hate it, but before I'm gonna have him number one, I definitely want to see who they hire as their coach. Yeah. Um, but I don't see any Hopkins. No, I don't see any no DeAndre Hopkins. To me, is the man. Uh, <laughs> I mean Hopkins. Hello. <laughs> 115 catches, 1500 yards, 11 touchdowns. Matthew Barry isn't fond of, uh, I don't think he's very fond of Deshaun Watson's actual game, much like I am not. So maybe he devalues Hopkins. And there's also, like, when you can pick the guy that goes into that. You know, it's like if you, 
this is when this guy is going to go based on not just production on the field, but the way they're being picked in drafts mm-hmm. and <laughs> public perception. Because if you draft against, you know, your home leagues, no people aren't playing. These these guys on ESPN, they're pros, and they're playing with a bunch of other pros usually. Most people are playing in a home league. Your, league, your, your draft's going to go, who do they see on Sundays on their TV? You know, if you live in the Northwest, Seahawks are going to go. You know, Rams are going to go. If you live in the Southeast... You're gonna see, you know, the the Falcons and the Falcons, the Falcons and the Saints go. So, you just gotta know your league. That's another thing. Know your league for sure. Know your league. Um, tight ends next year. You think who's your early uh, number one? Kittle. I'm. I'm not. I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. looking at six down. <laughs> uh, I probably. I could go towards Kittle too. Garoppolo comes back. Didn't matter who threw him the ball, right? Yeah. Like there was three different quarterbacks yeah. out there, and he scored a ton of points. So it's clearly yeah. like a focal point of that system, and the guy's a fucking beast. Unless again, Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, it could change things, but I guess. Uh, but I think Kittle, Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey. You can make strong arguments for any of them. Sure. I mean, you can make argument that Mahomes is only going to get better. This isn't, this, this isn't, this isn't uh, the peak Mahomes. I think it's more uh To me, though, <laughs> Mahomes getting better means, like, more down the field passing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what Kelsey, he's good at Kelsey, now. So the but Kelsey does part. get down the field for a tight end. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, let's get into uh, the you know, non-real football, non-real football news that is uh, – Antonio Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we got Jay here, who's a Steelers fan. Who's uh, what's your uh, what's your feelings on what's going on with Bye, the, Felicia. the Steelers? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you don't want to play for us. We don't want you playing for us. It's fine. Go. So Antonio, be like be like be like Bell. Bye. So Antonio Brown has uh, apparently like thrown a football at big bid, skipped practices. He unfollowed the Steelers and followed uh, the 49ers on Twitter. After a... And he and Kittle are... A uh, message from are, are Kittle, kind of flirting, yeah. Are flirting with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's... It, I, that's how I feel in this in this situation in the moment. It's just like, okay, you want to go, then go. Juju's great. We always draft well. Like we get, we just we we stay solid. So I'm not concerned about the future in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, in the immediate sense. But then, like when I look back at things that have been happening over the last like two and a half years with the Steelers, it all adds up to a puzzle that's starting to get really concerning. And it started when Dick LeBeau left. He didn't retire. He he coached there for like thirty some years, and then he left and got the same job. Uh, for the Titans. For the fucking Titans. For the, like, who gives a shit Titans? So that was weird to me. Like, when it happened, I was like, that's fucking weird. And then Bell does this shit this year. And, and you know, sort of flirted with it last year. And and AB had problems. And Ben's talking about retiring half the time. And it's like, what's happening in this organization? What's going on in this locker room? And then when Bell didn't show... um the players made like a big skeptical about like taking all his shit and kind of joking around about it, which to me it should have been kind of more it could it should have been more of a somber thing to me a bit, but um, this kind of shows dissension amongst the team at a variety of levels. Yeah, I don't right? understand where it's coming from, but like when when you're Le'Veon Bell and you could come back and make the most money of your career, and it affects your future money by not coming back that really says that you either don't want to play football, or maybe you just don't want to play football in Pittsburgh. And and then, like, what's the problem in Pittsburgh? Because you didn't come back at all. You could have came back late in the year and still got some money, you know, or most of it mm-hmm. or whatever it was. So, like, there's... It's either you don't want to play football, in which case we would likely never see him again, but for whatever reason I don't feel like that's necessarily the case, or you don't want to play football there. Yeah, it seems like a combination to me, and this is a little speculation, of All it is, is right? that to- <laughs> is that is a kind of a resentment to how the team treats Big Ben, and be it that 
He gets treated a different way. He can have off-court, off-court, off-field allegations about various things, and they feel like the team always has his back, which is going to be true of a Super Bowl winning court, like Super Bowl winning Hall of Fame quarterback. Like no matter where you go, like I don't think no matter where you go, when a team has a franchise quarterback, that franchise quarterback is going to be treated differently by the franchise it, it, by everybody else. It's not just football though; mm-hmm. it's life. If you were if you were a fucking lawyer working in a law office, the partners are getting preferential treatment sure, over yeah. your fucking low level ass. Not mm-hmm. that AB is low level, but you know what I mean. Sure. Like, so if you can't deal with the fact that not everyone's treated the same, th- then that's just a problem that you have. <laughs> and then yeah, and uh, and then and then there's something about the Steelers, like how they play down to their play to their competition. Which to me goes to coaching, right? And that the Steelers can beat anybody. They beat the Patriots. They just like destroyed Carolina, fifty-two to seventeen, right, and just ruined them. But then you go on the road and lose to the Broncos. You go on the road to lose to the Raiders, and you almost lost to the Jeff. Jeff Driscoll led non AJ Green having Bengals the final week. You know, right, like right. what is up with this team that could beat anybody, but then also lose to anybody? Yeah, you know, like I look at like the like the talent that the Steelers have. I think it rivals the Chiefs in every single way, and the Chiefs, like, yeah, good teams can beat the Chiefs. You got a good quarterback, good offense, you can beat the Chiefs because, uh, but. No bad team was going to beat the Chiefs, right? Like, you know, which to me goes goes to coaching. They're like, we're not going to lose to the Raiders. We're not going to lose the Arizona Cardinals. You know, like we're not going to. Bad teams are not beating us. You got to be a good team to beat us. But why? But so to me, it kind of goes to coaching. And I think of Tomlin. You know, if he didn't beat the Bengals, I think he probably is getting fired. I think he's added to being fired mainly. And even now, I would have thought I would think about I would think about firing him. I think he needs right? to go. I, I tend to agree. Like uh, that, I all these problems to me are symptomatic of something, and it and it mo- makes the most sense that it comes back to the head coach, to me. Like D coordinator left and took the same job in a in a not nearly as mm-hmm. prestigious organization. <clears throat> um, your two stars don't want to play. Your third star talks about retiring openly to the media every year at some point. Like, what is going on? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, maybe it's uh, – I think it is time to move on. While you got, you know, maybe maybe two years left of Ben, maybe. And if you can salvage whatever's going on with A.B., you could get A.B. back. No, if the problem's Ben. I don't think it's Ben. It doesn't make I mean, Ben's won two Super Bowls. And you, you can't have a problem with Ben. Well, I thought you, I thought you said it was something about the preferential treatment he receives. Okay, I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think yeah, it but could that's be. against the organization more than it is about against Ben, right? I mean, yeah, I mean shouldn't or, it be at least or how Tomlin treats him? And, and you know, he apparently Antonio Brown, you know, a big Ben uh, has like disputed this or whatever. But apparently, you know, Antonio Brown threw the football at Ben. So yeah, very well could be uh, Ben or part of it. But it's. Um, but Ben's there to stay. I mean, Ben's won two Super Bowls. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. He led the league in passing yards this year. Like, Ben's there. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got a contract no one's going to take on this late in his career. Ben's there. So everyone else is everyone else is expendable. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown, his contract almost makes him non-tradable, except for the fact that they, they get to roll over the $14.5 million they didn't pay Le'Veon Bell to add this to this salary cap. So if they get a good enough good enough offer, they could eat the like $20 million salary cap this year if they get a good enough deal. Um, if the Niners got a high draft pick and the salary cap to do it, the Raiders got a uh, got the draft picks and the salary cap to do it. Um, but I would think that... Um, uh, they, that the Niners would be the most likely scenario if they do trade him because the uh, Pittsburgh won't want to trade him in the same division and have to see him or same conference and see him in the division unless they can send him to the Raiders and think that that John Gruden's not bad. <laughs> John Gruden's not. John, he's not gonna, they're not going to actually see him in the playoffs in the next two years. You know when the when the Steelers window, window is still is there. Still uh, I didn't want to say I saw that um, maybe Big, here's, uh... I saw that Big Ben has. Um, not made the playoffs five times. I think it's five times in his career, and each year is because he lost to the Raiders. 
<laughs> so it's ah! like you lose the Raiders, you, des- you don't deserve you don't deserve to go to the playoffs, you know. So there's to it. <laughs> Talk about the Chiefs when the Chiefs said, you know went into Week 17, need to beat the Raiders to get the number one seed. If they don't beat the Raiders, they're gonna be the five seed and you have to go on the road in all three games. It's like it's like yeah, if we did, can't beat the Raiders. We don't deserve to be in the playoffs. We can't be the Raiders. Like <laughs> like we shouldn't even take the five seed. We'll be like sorry, we're just gonna forfeit because we lost to the stinking Raiders. So we're gonna walk on out of here. Who I believe I predicted would finish. Four and twelve, and I freaking nailed it, Jerry. <laughs> FYI, <laughs> I nailed. Well, did the Dolphins win their last game? No, they went seven and nine. Oh, oh yeah. so close, so close. Uh, That's still a C, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. You did. Good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so uh, let's get into uh, how about the playoff picks. You guys want to run through these? Who's in the playoffs? All right, here we go. <laughs> Steelers fan who's checked out. No life after fantasy football players. On the on the fifth, <laughs> no football. This one is real football teams out of it. On the fifth, we got the Indianapolis Colts playing the Houston Texans. Colts. Colts uh, getting one point five points. Oh yeah, the, the and Texans oh, don't have uh, don't have a Demarius Thomas, right? Correct. Or will. What's the other one? The receiver you're Where's talking about? The receiver? He's, he's definitely out, too. He's definitely out, too. <laughs> I know you're so you don't know his name, either? <laughs> oh, oh, because you can't remember it. Look it up while I, <laughs> as, I, as I go through the rest of the lines. Over-under for that game is 48.5. Seattle Seahawks Over. are traveling to the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by one. Over-under is 43. The Los Angeles Chargers are playing at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens favored by two and a half. Over under is forty one point five, and the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miracle Worker, worker Nick Foles uh, <laughs> going to the Chicago Bears. Uh, Bears favored by six. Over under is forty one. Oh man, yeah, they're that's some good games. Um, Alright. So yeah, so you kinda already blurted out your uh picks on the first one. So Jared is gonna repeat who you got in the first week first game there. Indianapolis Colts at Houston Texans, one and a half points. Favorites are the Texans, over under is forty eight point five. Yeah, I'd go Colts over. Um I am also going to go Colts over. Jerry. Anyway, the running back, the wide receiver, what, the wide receiver you're thinking about is Will Fuller. Will he, Fuller he got yeah. knocked out a long time ago. What was the uh, one and a half is the spread? Forty eight point five over under. Wow. Um. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. This this game for me is like coin flip. All right, like, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a gun to your head, Jerry. You got to make a pick. Uh, Three, two, over. <laughs> All right, Texas over, Jerry. All right, Seattle Seahawks at Dallas Cowboys, and I will say both. What are you gonna do if you got the zero? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Dang, laughs> uh, also uh, both of. The, I want to be imaginary killed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, both of these games are rematches. Colts and Texans each one on the road by three during the season, and. Uh, the Cowboys lost in Seattle early in the year before the Cowboys had Amari Cooper, so I, I kind of discount uh, that one. Personally, I'll start first on this one. Cowboys in the under. I take the same. What was the over-under? 43. 43. Seattle in the under. Okay. Wow, that'd be impressive. All right, Jerry, you're going to be the first one to pick, so imagine a gun to your head already. Okay. Los Angeles Chargers at Baltimore Ravens. Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Ravens. Over-under is 41.5. Baltimore under. Jared? The Ravens are favored by two-and-a-half. Two-and-a-half? I know you've checked out since the Steelers plummeted. No, I know about – that's like one of the stories I know is because I was following the Ra- – oh, I didn't yeah. check out. I followed the Ravens. And the Steelers is what I followed in the uh, – you know, the Browns. Anyway, um, yeah, I actually like the Chargers, although I could totally see um, Baltimore winning that game. And if the Chargers and, win, and it, it'll, be a, it, it, it'll be an over it'll be an over type of thing for sure. The Chargers win. So you're going Chargers over? Yeah. 
I'm going to agree with Jerry on this one. Baltimore and the under in a rematch of just a game just a couple weeks ago. Philadelphia Eagles at Chicago Bears. Six-point favorite of the Bears. Over-under is 41. What you got, Jared? Man. Uh, is Foles playing for sure? Full, they say he's playing. They okay, they say play. he's playing. I'm going to go Eagles. Um, uh, that guy, you know, what? I don't know what else he has to do to get a fucking starting job, uh, Nick Foles. And play good during any time before winter. <laughs> I'd be curious what his winning percentage is because I'm pretty sure he plays well pretty much every time. I mean, I know he has bad games, but the guy he like apparently likes cold up. weather. He likes cold weather. So put him out in the fucking wilds in New England or something and send Brady out to pasture. Yeah, but it's, man, in New England and during the summer and all the humidity. I'd take, I'd take, I'd take the Eagles. Um, actually, I'll take the Bears or the Eagles to, yeah, I'll take the Eagles. So uh, in report, this is Delaware Online, part of the USA Today Network, says that, um, says that Foles' rib says that they're a little bit of soreness, but they're good enough for him to play, and that they are going to address Carson Wentz as a backup. Wow. They're insane. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the playoffs, man. Nothing else matters. Wow, dude, yeah. the dude has If you had learned that by now. Spot. No, man. If you had learned that by no, now. No, man, you're going to ruin your friggin' franchise quarterback? You're insane. Uh, but um, I don't disagree with you, but it's the way the NFL works. But apparently, Peterson says <laughs> says as of now, even though like Wentz may dress, um, Sudfield is going to be the backup. They're not going to play Wentz unless he's one hundred percent. So, um, well, then why would he be the starter? What'd you say? Well, then why would he be the starter if he was one hundred percent? Well, yeah, I mean that's why he's not going to start. So, oh. um, I'm going to go. I'm going Eagles in the over. Yeah, I like Eagles and over. Oh, Chicago under. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all righty. So uh, I think that's about all we need to cover for the review of the season. We'll uh, have more fantasy football and real football news with uh, some cannabis talk sprinkled in in the near future. Thanks for listening. For Jerry and Jay, this has been the 4th in 20 Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Anthony. Peace out. Give me my dick back, bitch. Whoa. <laughs> he talks to me worse than Sarah talks to me playing dang.